Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast, where each episode provides in-depth insights about the long-term value of companies and ideas in our current world. Your host for this podcast is Doug Utberg, the founder and principal consultant for Business of Life, LLC. Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast. We have Shelly Howard uh, on the line with us today. And what we're going to be talking about is the uh, ROI or return on investment of college education and the right strategy to optimize that ROI in the current environment. Uh, and so I'm just going to, uh, you know, I, I think this is a fascinating topic because, of course, when I was going to college, uh, you know, many more years ago than I would like to admit, uh, you know, I think there was a kind of, uh, kind of a, a semi-unguided uh, course that a lot of us took. So in my case, right, uh, I did junior college for two years, and then I went to the state school principally because I wanted to come out with no student loans, uh, you know, which has turned out okay. But uh, there probably is, a, is and was a uh, more a more strategic method to go about uh, go about that process, and that's actually what Shelly uh, specializes in. Uh, so Shelly, please introduce yourself, and uh, I'd love to have this conversation just about really that way to strategically plan for your college education so you get the highest ROI that you can in terms of both earning ability and personal satisfaction. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. So I always uh, recommend that people uh, first find out who they're listening to and what they're qualified. So I'll briefly just explain. Uh, My son came home from middle school and he said, mom, I know exactly what I want to do when I grow up. And I'm like, Uh really? Because that's unique in itself. He goes, yeah. And I want to go to a top tier school. And it was very, very, you know, innocent. Yeah. Well, as any good parent did, I'm like, whoa, I have no idea how I'm going to help you. I'm going to seek wisdom. There was nothing at the time. This is back in 2008. Uh-huh. And at that point, I knew that I needed to figure out something rapidly. So yeah. I actually went back to college and got my master's degree, started mm-hmm. touring colleges and couldn't stop reading about everything. Yeah. And what ended up happening, long story short, he ended up getting uh, accepted into seven top tier schools, went to Harvard four years for free, which I cannot imagine anybody saying that is not an insanely great return on investment. Yeah, that, 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 that's exceptional. I mean, and uh, I guess, you know, you, you hear stories like that and okay, you know, you know, how, you know, how do you get from, you know, kind of where you are right now, you know, let's, you know, so the, uh, you know, uh, audience for the show is uh, executives, entrepreneurs, many of which are going to have, you know, school age kids, let's just say, you know, your, your, your kid's a sophomore in high school. I say this because my daughter's a sophomore in high school. So I have a little bit of a, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I have a little bit of a personal motive here. So let's say your, your, your kid's a sophomore in high school. And has big dreams. Uh, what's the path to kind of get to those big, big dreams? Because of course, you know, the thing that um, there's a couple of things that trip a lot of people up. Number one, so if you're talking about someplace like Harvard, A, it's hard, really hard to get in and then B, it's ex- insanely expensive. Uh, and so, so then what ends up happening is you, if you put all that on student loans, unless you come out making a ridiculous ridiculous amount of money, you basically have this millstone around your neck that's going to drag down your ability to be financially successful for the remainder of your life. So we actually reverse engineer it. And okay. it comes from, this is my seventh business. So speaking to entrepreneurs, yeah. I, I belong to the club. <laughs> uh, both my parents were entrepreneurs. So I reverse engineered this and I took the emotion out of it because so many people use their child's college as kind of a trophy 
where I didn't really care. It, yeah. it really did not. I didn't have a school, nor did my son, that we were truly, it had to be. So what yeah. we did is we figured out how to make him the best he could be, mm-hmm. which, oh, by the way, if every student did that, I think our world would be a little bit better. <laughs> um, and then we talked about college in a very different way. First, we talked about what's most important, an academic fit, a social fit, or a financial fit. If a family is truly concerned about a financial fit, then they have to give up their dream of a college brand. They really need to do what's best for the student and find the school that's going to give them the best money, the best opportunity for scholarships. The better the student's resume as a business owner, you can appreciate colleges are going to pay a higher price. So Mm -hmm. none of my students paid full price last year. And as a matter of fact, 61 seniors earned $10.7 million in scholarships that were not need-based. So finding the right- that's really good. Yeah, it's probably the best I've ever heard. And Uh the reality is we didn't just go try to pick a school based on a football team or a basketball team. We took a 17-year-old and we helped them to be, what are you good at? What are your gifts and your talents? How do we really tune that up? How do we decrease the things that are challenging to you? And then by the way, how do we pick the right school that you're going to be successful? Then on top of that, we help them to get clear on what they want to major in way before they apply. So their major actually equates to a job when they graduate, which really where society has missed the mark by allowing students to do majors like psychology, where there's no job called psychology or women's studies or things that are a wonderful minor, but Mm -hmm. not necessarily the thing that they're going to look in the newspaper and see an opportunity when they get out of college. So those are the things to focus on versus let's just see where they get in. Hopefully we can afford it and then maybe someday pay off the loan. That is not a strategy. That is actually a plan for disaster. Yeah, well, and yeah, and I think this is uh, particularly topical now because, you know, as I was alluding to earlier, there's you know so much student debt out there, and there's a lot of kids who just you know because like for, in my generation, you know, what was really drilled into us was you know you have to go get a four year degree. You know, if you want to have any kind of future, you have to get a four year degree, which generally speaking is not a bad idea. But the question is, how much should you pay for that four year degree? And you know, like you said, okay, so you know, let, let's say you're going to get a, you know, you're going to go to uh, one of the the boutique, uh, say, you know, boutique schools, you know, going to be say 40, $50,000 a year, uh, let's say 40 grand a year, and you're going to study history of culture. So you are qualified to try to be the curator at a museum. Okay, so you're going to come out, you've got, you know, let's say, you know, all right, you know, let, let's say you got 10 grand or a year or so of aid. So you're going to come out with $120,000 of student loans and pretty much no employability prospects, because all the museum curators usually have 30 to 40 years of experience, and they come from families with trust funds that have donated to the museum, which is how they got the post in the first place. 
Um, and so, you know, if, if you don't have that plan, you can very easily set up a situation where you take on enormous financial obligations with no earning capacity that you've generated from, you know, from that output. So you end up needing to scramble, uh, you know, and now I suppose the good part is, is that, you know, that scramble is where a fair number of entrepreneurs come from, uh, but it would be a much easier path to your, to an adulting lifestyle if you were following, you know, it doesn't have to be a completely rigid plan, but at least some kind of plan that, you know, that, that, that has a way to generate earning capacity at the end. I mean, I don't know, uh, let me know your thoughts. So the, the reality of that is so spot on because we start working with students when they promote from eighth grade. And some people may think, oh my gosh, that's way too much pressure. That's craziness. But when I say working with them, what we're doing is we're helping them to find what are they passionate about? Yeah. What are their gifts and their talents? What do they want to see changed in the world? Who are they and why does it matter? Who else is talking about that? What high school in the United States or globally yeah. is having those conversations? And if you're not having them at the dinner table, how are these kids supposed to find out what amount of money I need when I adult? Yeah. At some point, every teenager I've ever talked to, except for two, have said, yes, I want to move out of my family's home and I want to adult at some point. The other two, I told <laughs> the parents stop cooking. But <laughs> other than that, most students, you know, and most families want that for their child, right? Is at some point to adult. Yeah. And so what we're doing instead of pressuring them to pick a college, pick a major, pick a career at 13, 14, 15, no, 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 no. Very gently having the conversation of, what do you enjoy doing? Okay, so you enjoy dancing. How much does a dance career pay? How many years do you have to work, you know, yeah. at serving people at a restaurant in order to experience your dance career? Nobody else wants to have these conversations. We're having them. And so our students are not going in blind. They're going in knowing I want to do this. Okay. I love dance. Why don't I own a dance studio or yeah. multiple dance studios? Or how do I turn my love into something as something I can truly make money at Yeah, and, and not just go and get a dance degree? Not that that's bad. If that's truly what they want. I even tell teenagers, I say, you don't have to get a college degree. And their parents are like, what? And I'm like, but let's talk about what else you're going to do. Yeah. And that's when the reality hits of working at Starbucks for the rest of their life is probably not going to get them the life that they're used to living. And so instead of telling these young people, no, you can't, that is ridiculous. I simply help them see what is the five-year plan? What is the 10-year plan? And is that the plan you truly want to live? And they figure it out pretty quick when I ask them, how long do you want to work for free? And they're like, well, heck, I don't want to work for free. And I say, that's called a student loan. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, well, my parents are going to pay for it. And I'm like, well, how long do you want them to work for free? And they're like, well, I don't want my parents to work. So it's just the process yeah. that they truly can't comprehend because they don't know how much it costs to adult. Yeah, gotcha. No, that, com that completely makes sense. And there was one of the things you said there that I think was especially prescient to me, which is that uh, getting through that conversation of what is it you really want to do? What do the prospects for that look like? Because 
having that conversation as a parent is actually difficult because you you encounter the um, you know the the teenage rebellion resistance and eye rolling, um, and so there it actually is remarkably difficult to have that conversation from a parental perspective, unless you have a very, very, very objective and emotionally mature teenager, which is a complete roll of the dice. Uh, that may be the situation, statistically, it's probably not. So having an outside, um, you know, just because I found that, um, you know, of course, I know when I, when I was younger, right, you know, I, I, could, I could talk objectively with people who weren't my parents very easily different situation when it's your parents. And I think it's the same thing when you have your kids too. Sometimes you need to bring in a third party because they can tease that you can tease out that conversations that just, you just can't really objectively have as a parental, you know, with them at, you know, as their parental figure, just because they, you know, there's, you know, there's the, uh, th there's a lot of emotion that gets, uh, that gets mixed in with an otherwise rational conversation. It's challenging, right? I have four of my own and I have lots of other people's children that I take yeah. on as my own. And the, the reality is, yes, if a parent asks, what are you going to do with an art degree? Yeah. The student hears, you don't think I'm smart yeah. enough, good enough to be successful. You're already expecting me to fail. When I ask a student, so what's the plan with the art degree? Well, I want to do this and I want to do that. And I want to do this, but don't mm -hmm. tell my parents because they, they don't want to pay for an art degree. And then I help them to understand, let's look at it, you know, statistically, what are the chances yeah. of you being this, whatever it is you dream to be, or would you be better? Doug works with schools, businesses, and nonprofits to optimize their costs without layoffs. The best part is that he is only paid for successful projects, so you have zero risk. To learn more, visit DougBusiness.com or schedule time to talk about your business at MeetDoug.biz. Or would you be better off doing that as a hobby and something that you truly want to protect as a hobby yeah. and doing something else? So mm -hmm. they hear what I'm saying versus automatically what goes off in their mind. I've had many a student tell me things and parents are shocked when they hear what I've been told. And it's just because I have no other agenda other than yeah. to get that student what they want. So the beauty of that is they, they're gonna tell me what they want or they're not gonna get what they want. So it's a really great place to be because I do help them go from a fun, dreamy kind of state to how much yeah. is it gonna cost for you to live on your own? And that connection, is mind boggling. I tell parents all the time, you wanna have a real conversation with your student. sit down at the dinner table and ask them, if I gave you a million dollars cash today, you had 24 hours to spend it or you had to give it all back, what would you do? And when they start to buy a Learjet and travel the world and have four houses, you realize, oh my, they have no concept of money whatsoever. So when you say $70,000 a year in loans, they're like, oh, yeah. that doesn't sound so bad because they have no concept of yeah. what it truly means. That's the tragedy in all of this yeah. is they can't make a decision based on their knowledge because they have yeah. no knowledge. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I think that's, uh, 
that's extremely prescient and accurate. And uh, it, it was funny when you said, when you said that, uh, you know, where my, where my mind first went was, I was like, okay, well, if I don't know what I'm going to do, I just stash into T-bills in a bond ladder, but that's not the point of the exercise. <laughs> that's not the point of the exercise. <laughs> and really, I've had students who've told me first I'd buy a rental property yeah. and then I fix it up and I'd flip it. And then I've had people ask Siri, Siri, what would I do with a million dollars? So the spectrum is huge yeah. <laughs> and it's a, it's an easier conversation than asking yeah. your child, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they're like, ah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and it's kind of funny because you're talking about like, you know, the, the rental and fix it up. Cause you you were saying, you know, what are some of the avenues that are open if you decide not to go to college? And one of the things is this, what I call the school of hustle. You know, this is things like, okay, you know, you're, you're going to go out, you know, go out, figure out how to find deals, get a hard money loan, fix it up, flip it. You know, you will, you will by default end up becoming an entrepreneur doing like that, doing things like that. And in a lot of cases, I think your the people's career ends up being a, um, kind of a path toward that school of hustle at some point. Um, you know, but I think that, you know, like you're talking about with understanding adulting is just understand how much work it's going to take to live by hustling. And you know, just how much work adulting is going to take. Uh, because I think, you know, just, you know, people just don't understand. And of course I didn't when I was younger. And, you know, but of course the amount of, uh, the, the amount of money it takes to, uh, you know, to live independently has gone up significantly, you know, way faster than quote inflation uh, over the last 20 or so years. And I think that, yeah, just creating that awareness is just really critically important for, uh, for young people these days. Right. So we're not, you know, we're not pounding them about college. This wants this wants this wants this. We're starting with really the foundation of who are they and why does it matter? Because ultimately that's what colleges want to know. Yeah. Who are they and why does it matter? Yeah. And why should they bring them into their institution? Are they going to just sit and take an education and leave? Are they going to truly do some amazing things? Because remember, college is a business itself. Yeah. They're looking for the next Zuckerberg, the next person to put them on the map, whatever yeah. that map looks like. And these students are trying to take the path of least resistance. Well, I, I don't, I want to just skip and be an entrepreneur. The best advice my dad gave me, who is a very well-off entrepreneur, is go learn from people who've already made all the mistakes. Yeah. Go get the corporate job, the Fortune 500 company, because they figured it out already. Yeah. You can go into business when you have that foundation and you'll skip past everybody. And yeah. that is the best advice because I too wanted to jump straight in and be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And I listened, I got my college degree. I've since had some amazing yeah. careers. And College Ready actually happened to me because there was a massive need for these kids yeah. who had no path of what they truly wanted to be. And we're picking majors yeah. that the return on investment was not good. Yeah, it just was not good. Well, and um, there was something you, you mentioned that I that uh, just kind of uh, uh, sparked, a, you know, struck us, you know, kind of uh, you know, lit a match in my head that I wanted to come back to is not just looking at college from the ROI to the student, but also to the school. Because from the school's perspective, you know, if you think about, again, you think about college as a business, you think about the college give, uh, you know, kind of metering out funding. Um, you know, if you think about it from a business perspective, what they're essentially doing is they're operating like a venture capital shop. And what they're saying is, okay, 
I am going to try to incentivize a number of students to come knowing that if I incentivize the right type of student enough times, one of them is going to be a famous or successful alumni, that will be a way for me to draw more students in in the future. So when you think about it like that, what the application process is really about is presenting that forward-looking path that says, I, you know, this student has a really good chance of being that A-level alumni, you know, that, that person who, who you can say, hey, they are a graduate of this university, it paved the way for their fantastic life achievements. Uh, so I think that's actually a, uh, an, and I'm sure you get into this in your program and since you just mentioned it, but that's a really important part of when you're putting your package together is not just saying, hey, I'm such a great student, but also say, hey, from your perspective, you are looking for somebody who is going to be a future magnet that draws students into the school. And so you need to help them see the student becoming that future magnet. Or at least that's the way that I think about it. And that that is the reality. Yeah. Everybody's looking for the quick fix. How do I get into yeah. college? That's not what colleges are looking at. They're yeah. looking at who are you and why does it matter? Mm -hmm. It's yeah. so simple when you when you narrow it down. They're looking for tenacious, determined, focused. Yeah. They're looking for our future, you know, leaders of America. Yeah. And that doesn't mean they have to take. 15 AP classes to be that kid. No. And that's no. the part there. There's this huge disconnect from what people think colleges want. They mm -hmm. put their kids in all of these incredibly intense programs. And in all reality, they want to see a kid start their own program. Yeah. They're looking for these future, I mean, amazing people. And they're not all doctors, lawyers, CPAs. They're looking for, you know, economists and they're looking for historians and they're looking for business and that they, they need everybody to make up uh -huh. college. They can't have a college of just one type. Yeah, and so exactly. People forget that the diversity comes in more than just skin color or ethnicity. They truly are looking for who are you and why do you matter? And so if Families could start looking more at how to help their child be the best version of them. Yeah. Wow. Like that whole thing would open up their world. And that's truly how our students are successful. They have a standout strategy. Uh-huh. Well, and because, and, you know, one of the other things that I think that um, kind of a corollary to what you mentioned is that, you know, and in addition to, you know, your classes, GPA activities also show, okay, you know, where have you shown initiative and hustle? Because at least I know if I was, if I was, you know, on, on a university board trying to think, okay, you know, who do I want to provide the scholarship to? I'm thinking, all right, you know, where do I have the chance of, where do I have a, a good chance of getting that, you know, that five-star alumni? And it's going to be somebody who hustles, 100% chance, because, you know, if, if, if it's somebody who's completely passive, they will probably have a very, a, you know, a very successful uh, career that nobody knows about. Uh, but the people that become five-star alums are, are people who hustle, 100%. And so I think that's actually, you. Know, and again, I'm editorializing a little bit, but that's one of the things that I would think is important to demonstrate is show that drive and hustle, because that's what's going to show that you have that chance to be the blue chip alumni. And the hard part is, what does that mean to an introvert? Yeah. What does that mean to an extrovert? Yeah. What does that mean to a mathematician, right? It's easy to visualize what an extrovert uh -huh. or hustler looks like. Yeah. 
but that's not what our world is that's, made of. Yeah. And so I, we I'm, have to I'm trying to think, I'm also trying to think what an extroverted historian would be, <laughs> an, an extroverted probably historian hustler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably very stressed out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so what, what the goal is, is there's not one way to get into college and there's not yeah. one thing a college is looking for. They're looking for seven things. They're looking for GPA, test yeah. scores, community service, leadership, extracurricular. They're looking for what has the student demonstrated yeah. and who are they, what are they going to bring to the college? Yeah. It's like if you were a business person mm -hmm. and you're looking for an employee, do you want the employee that has nothing on their resume or you want the employee that has a resume that's deep and thoughtful and led and, and shows passion? Of course, yeah. you're going to pay them more. Yeah, exactly. So Precisely. if we can just help students to be the best they can be, that is what gets them into the perfect match college. And where does the money come from? The perfect match college, not a zillion little hundred dollar scholarships. Don't mm -hmm. do that to your child. That's an essay every hundred dollars that will kill them. Focus on the big money. Focus yeah. on the endowment. Focus on the schools that are very generous. Gotcha. That is where the money comes from. Outstanding. Well, I I cannot. Uh, I, I was going to say I cannot improve on that last point. So let everybody know where they can learn more and how they can get a hold of you, so that if they're interested in continuing the conversation uh, about their kids who are going through uh, through or getting ready for college, or if they have friends who they'd like to refer to you, so that they know where to get more information. Absolutely. So we work with students from a 3.0 all mm -hmm. the way up to, and this year we had three 5.0s. So we do have some hustlers. Um, and so if, if you know somebody from eighth grade all the way through college, even a college transfer, huh? we can help them. And the easiest place to find us is on our website. And that's www.collegeReadyPlan.com. So the planning piece, that's the critical piece. Gotcha. You would never go into tax season without having a plan for your finances. You'd be surprised. <laughs> or having a CPA. Ah, I am not a CPA, but I can tell you the value of my CPA for sure. Yeah, a, so, a number of my friends are CPAs and they would say you'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And on the website, um, I have a place where you can do a discovery session with huh? myself complimentary for your podcast. So oh, if they go on the website, put, put their name and email, I'm happy to get on a call with them and speak about their financial, um, academic and social situation. Perfect. Outstanding. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Shelly. And uh, everybody, I uh, hope you have a wonderful day as well as you, Shelly. And uh, I will be with you again next week. Excellent. Thank you so much. All right very much for listening to today's episode. Uh, and what I would actually like you to do right now is to give me your thoughts. So I would really love it if you could go to feedback.terminalvaluepodcast.com and just let me know what you think. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know uh, if, you, if there's anything you really like about the show, if there's any questions you have, or if there's anything you think I could do better. Uh, once again, that site is feedback.terminalvaluepodcast.com. I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Terminal Value Podcast. 
Share it with your friends by sending them to TerminalValuePodcast.com. For more information, please visit BusinessOfLifeLLC.com for full access to Doug's products and services. All rights reserved. No part of this broadcast may be produced in any form by any means without written permission from Business of Life, LLC. All trademarks and brands referred to herein are the property of their respective owners.